Hello and welcome back to Booze, Booms and Busts. We're on episode 72 now, I believe. Uh, very exciting week as ever. And of course, we have some nice beers to, uh, to, to quaff as we discuss the week in markets. I've got quite a pair here, Ooh, Sam, that I'm looking forward said. to drinking today. What about yourself? What are you drinking? Um, I think I've, I think they're two that I've already had before. I'm at the very end again of my last order. Um, so, and, and I, I forgot to replenish this week. So I've got, uh, a pop, a pop, oh, fuck. Why do I always struggle with this word? Apocalyptic thunder juice, um, right. which is a new England IPA from the, uh, Amundsen brewery. Um, oh yeah. Amundsen. 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 I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where, where, where's, I'm trying to find like a brewery location. I don't know. Around, they're, they're around. Um, and the other one's Utopia, Vienna Keller Lager, which I think I had recently, but. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we were saying we should be drinking Dystopia instead. But, That's uh, right. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this but, week. So, I mean, well, that, carry on, carry that on. could take us into an interesting discussion, but, but I'll come back to that in a minute. All right. Yeah. Well, actually, the uh, Utopia Dystopia uh, discussion kind of ties in with the beers I've got this week. Uh, this is These two are from Tollgate Brewery, mm. brewed in the heart of the National Forest, capitalized. I'm not sure where the National Forest is, but uh, let's see. Um, Derbyshire. Yeah, yeah, Derbyshire. That's where uh, Tollgate Brewery is. That's where I am at the moment. Anyway, the two beers I've got are Old Rasputin, Ooh. And Ra Ra Rasputin. Oh. So uh, oh. Old Rasputin is uh, it's a, a very dark beer. I believe this is uh, 4.9%. And uh, and it's a stout. I think Ra Ra Rasputin has like double the ABV and it's quite different. Yeah, 8.3% and it's an imperial stout. Uh, and so, of course, you've got uh, Old Rasputin. It's got some ugly... Uh, predatory looking bearded guy on the label and then Ra Ra Rasputin it's the same image except with like disco lights and like 80s font and he's yeah. got uh, he's got sunglasses and there's a disco ball on so oh, that's my kind of jam that one yeah 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 it's very cool very cool um interesting label on both so you know hopefully these will be good and I'll I'll get the scalps no matter what even if they taste <laughs> terrible so uh yeah just to kick us off then Sam in terms of uh utopia dystopia what what was it you saw on the markets that made you think about that oh uh, well so it's, it's I guess it's a combination of factors so the first thing I saw was um that I saw an article about um someone that has complained that they got gang raped in the metaverse Oh um, my lord! <laughs> that that they logged into. I, sh, I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if I should be laughing or not. Uh, they they logged into the metaverse and immediately upon logging in with a female avatar, had like a swarm of men on top, or male avatars on top of uh, her avatar, um, just like saying bad things or, or or chatting bad things in the metaverse and like just trying to grope. The, the female avatar and and then she, i think the, the article kind of went on to say you know she, she was you know quite disturbed by all this and one of the one she told them to stop and one of them was just like um if you're a noob the worst thing you can possibly do is come into the metaverse as a female avatar and i was just like if that if the metaverse isn't the ultimate dystopian world then i'm just i'm not sure what is and then this coincided with the metaverse 
um, story of 2021, um, Facebook changing that into Meta. The stock tanking mm. by well, like 23, 24, 25% or something. Yeah, like it was that. a quarter. They, they effectively lost, yeah. In a day. And uh, I just was like, that's, that's market and metaverse dystopia wrapped up into one for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing with the metaverse and people behaving poorly in on the internet and, you know, when you create the metaverse and you just allow people to behave however they like, in a virtual environment i mean you know if anyone, if you ever played call of duty when you were younger and you uh you you let other people speak to you you know the kind of things that they would say and the kind of things that they would say if you were a woman which i imagine would be even worse than what they would tell you if you were a guy uh if you just imagine that instead of it's of it just being a microphone connection that you have with random other people over the internet imagine if it's an actual full graphical interface and what do you think is going to happen? I mean, do you, the, this, there's this idea that the metaverse idea seems to have appealed to a lot of people who weren't into video games and, that, and thought that the worlds that were created somehow would be different, that this would be a different experience. And, uh, well, uh, it turns out they're not, and it's not actually that much of a surprise. So, yeah, I mean, ultimately, you know, people behave very, very poorly on the internet. That's just human nature. When you allow... You know, when you, what's the Oscar Wilde quote? Yeah, if you, uh, it's, uh, yeah, I'm just going to butcher it, but he was just making the comment that you'll never know someone's true intentions if you allow them to, uh, if you, if you, you know, hold them accountable to it in public. If you really want to see what somebody's like, let them wear a mask. And, uh, well, that's just what happens in, in these, uh, these kind of environments. True, man. It's but, like, uh, it, it lets people, if, if you're going to let people, give people the chance to be animals, they're going to be animals. Um, yeah. And it's like yeah. trolling and, and all that's bad enough when that, they're limited to 144 characters. Um, yeah, like you say, imagine if everyone's just unleashed with complete anonymity in a, in, a, in a world full of masked individuals where there is no accountability for your actions whatsoever. Um, yeah. It's Some the, people love that. But, well, you know, ultimately, the line between beast and man is very thin. And contrary to popular belief, the internet does not it only blurs that line even further. Well, it so doesn't that, actually that's an interesting discussion, right? Like the internet and everything. Maybe, maybe it's it's true purpose that we'll ultimately discover is that it's it's humanity's blow-off valve. Uh, well, I think it's similar to that. It's why a lot of people believe, well, I say a lot of people, not many people actually, but certain people who are very much on the fringe believe who see, you know, technology and the internet as, as, you know, quite a satanic force. This is ultimately not good for the human spirit. This is one of the devil's tricks uh, hmm. that is reducing people to a very low level of spiritual existence. And, uh, yeah, I mean, when you when you hear about this kind of shit that you see on the internet, you're like, you know, is this really? Are we really ascending? You know, the people who think, um, <laughs> what was it? What's the what's the name for the guys who think technology and man, it, you know, we're going to ascend to like become gods and whatever? It's got a name for it. Uh, hyper. It's not accelerationism. It's like <laughs> hyper Bitcoin. Hyper Bitcoinization. <laughs> not quite. Not quite, Sam. What was the name of it? You know, Deus Ex, the video games. Yeah. They, uh, they were all about it. It's. Um, I know what you mean. Um, it's the hyperhumanist or the tr yeah transhumanism. Trans Sorry, yeah, the transhumanist idea that through technology we are going to become, we are going to ascend to the next level of human existence. And it's like, you know, really, are we actually going to get higher 
from doing this? Is this really is this really going to bring the human existence, the human experience, to a, a level of purity and uh, you know greater spiritual awakening? Probably pretty, not. I tell you what, they're pretty fun games. Those uh, Deuce X uh, games. Yeah, Deuce X. Deuce X. Deus X. I don't know. Whatever the fuck. Juice X. Juice. Juice X, man. I remember telling a friend of mine about Deus X. Uh, when I, when we were at school, and he was like, "What day of sex?" Like he could not just separate separate Deus and X. You know, that's what happens when you don't teach the classics at school. Like no one knows Latin anymore, so it's just what the fuck you know, Deus X. What's that? Give me uh, give no, me the Deus X, guys. All right, Deus X, whatever. Um, that's actually also then not actually probably a pretty good uh, topic to open up on. What do you what do you make of um, Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard? Oh, very good one, very good one. Uh, well, as uh, we did have a, uh, a small exchange on WhatsApp about this, uh, I think it's an absolute travesty that Microsoft only paid sixty eight point seven billion dollars and not sixty nine billion. I mean, uh, what like what are you doing? Like what? <laughs> where's the 300 million guys yeah you're, you're too cheap what's up yeah how are they this broke well what what was interesting then and this is this whole this whole sector this whole industry is um it's going through some some kind of change because then not long after um sony is is buying bungie studios who um created and developed halo and um uh, the destiny games Yep, yep, Bungie, Bungie and Co. So there's a, a fair bit of moving of the chess pieces on the on the gaming board, and it I don't <laughs> quite know what the fuck their their end game is here. The the it, it the inclination is that they are this is their metaverse play. This is their we're going to create a world where animals can be animals and people can get fucking avatar fucked. Um, Wait, you think the Activision Blizzard acquisition is about going to VR? Yeah, yeah. Nah, nah, yeah. man. Activision Blizzard is just a cash cow. They like they just make they're great at making money. They are an incredibly good business at making money. They've managed to buy out all of like the big movers over over time, and they've made some incredibly good IP in addicting kids to video games with World of Warcraft and then with <laughs> Call of Duty. Um, but you know, I don't, you know. Call of Duty uh, is an incredible phenomenon. Oh, and it came up earlier in this conversation, no less. Um, uh, quite a phenomenon, incredible cash cow. But why do you think VR is the, their play here rather than just uh, buying out the biggest, effectively, the probably the most effective in terms of mass market uh, performance, the most effective video games developer and publisher out there? my my take on it is that it feels like like microsoft have never really shaken away their desire for virtual and augmented reality whether it be through sort of work-based stuff and i think that they i think that they realize that there's probably going to be so like microsoft i come across nadella comes across as, as being pretty pretty good at having a good good foresight into positioning the company well for the future and i just get the feeling that this is kind of their 20-year play here um and and seeding and, and bringing a lot of content and importantly a lot of development talent under their wing to to give microsoft 
that foothold in in what could be a very very large and profitable uh, ecosystem. Like if you if you take the view that there'll probably be a bunch of metaverses in the future, that they'll they'll be ultimately sectioned off private ones, which is what you would think the likes of Microsoft and Facebook or Meta will end up developing. Even like, like you say, so Activision Blizzard's a big cash cow. If all of a sudden you've got these, these, these homegrown metaverses of which are, are really like small countries, they, they generate their own cash. They just, they do, they, they continue to be cash machines, but also attracting, I think, maybe people that haven't necessarily entered that ecosystem to spend. I don't know. It just feels like it's Microsoft's 20-year play to, to just capture the, the best quality content and development people that they can. Sure. I mean, I'd agree with, I don't know why you'd say 20-year play, not another period of time, but I'm sure that Activision Blizzard will continue to be very good at what it is that they do, even under Microsoft's well, I say uh, I say twenty years for a reason, and it's because it's because of the the runway usually taken for hardware uh, to catch up to the content. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if Activision Blizzard's. Yeah, I mean, Activision Blizzard. Do they have they displayed an awful lot of knack for VR games in general, or even anything akin to metaverse stuff? Well, if you think about all the games that they do develop, these are they're already they're already making metaverses. Like every game is a metaverse. Uh, see, yeah, see, that's when we, when we're talking about the definition of a metaverse. When you say, uh, yeah, I mean, what what is a metaverse? I mean, was uh, okay, you know, so, Mario Kart just a metaverse? I yeah, mean, well, this, so this is probably okay. So this is there's a probably probably a definition to be had here. My my take on a metaverse is a a digital online uh, community which has its own functional economy. So that could be virtual reality. It could be. It could be just a game. It could be. Four, could that just be an online multiplayer game? Because it could be, they yeah, have their own economies. It, but it has. It has. It has a. It has a functional economy that, importantly, can exist externally, or, or that it can bridge externally from that particular metaverse to, you know, a Microsoft product suite, or into the real world, or to another game. So it's not completely siloed off from everything else. So it's not mm. like in-game credits. But it could be a, an economy where you are in the Call of Duty metaverse and you take your user ID and your accounts and your value that you've generated in that game and you pay for your subscription to, um, I don't know, fuck, whatever, whatever they do, Office 365. <laughs> I don't know, whatever, whatever the other things are that Microsoft sell people shit. With, right? I mean, this isn't an incredibly inspiring vision of the future you're, you're showing Shoot your me way here. to a word subscription. <laughs> Yeah, I remember there was a. I remember seeing a web comment a while back. I think it was Control or Delete, where uh, uh, you know some dude. Were, it was when Facebook had just acquired uh, Oculus, and they were all about. It was Oculus that they acquired, right? Uh, think it was Oculus the VR. The no, VR face, so Facebook have Oculus. Yeah, yeah. Facebook. Well, it was just after they'd acquired Oculus for a billion dollars. Yeah. And um, people were people. All people had these ideas of what VR was at, was going to be like, and it was going to be really, really exciting. You know, you're going to be able to dive into, you know, this the, the online world, and you're going to be able to experience it like never before. And like what you see in the in the movies that are set in the future, etc. 
and this this comment was just taking the piss out of it and just showing you that you're just going to be looking at Microsoft Excel spreadsheets, except in they're going to be way bigger now. You know, they're going to be able to cover the entire wall and you're going to be able to see them stretching out into the horizon, et cetera, wow. et cetera. I mean, I don't... They, so Sam, like for example, World of Warcraft gold, the in-game currency, uh, like Venezuelans were mining that to stay alive. I mean, that's a bridge. They were selling World of Warcraft gold for dollars that they were then spending in the real life to feed their families. Does that mean World of Warcraft now qualifies as a metaverse because it was connected to the real economy? Yeah, absolutely. No, I have no right. doubt. Yeah. In which case, metaverses aren't that real. No. I mean, it's just any online environment that's old enough and developed enough to have uh some kind of currency i guess yeah i guess in a sense and look it's not new like nothing like the whole idea of a, yeah. a, a metaverse this isn't we're not breaking new ground here this shit's been around for fucking a long time <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but now all of a sudden it's become buzzed and hyped because everyone wants a slice of it and, and there's an element of it relating to to the growth of cryptocurrencies and the idea yeah. of, the idea of decentralized networks and stuff like that um but it's also i think it's also in, in part i think why it's becoming a bit of a buzz thing is because i think they realize it's it, it, it potentially is like the next iteration of social media and and how people connect and and again ultimately most things end up coming down to how do people relate with each other whether it's financially socially um whatever online offline and so i think these companies are, are ultimately trying to figure out and fish out you know if facebook's got two billion users there's only so much further they can scale so it's like well if they do nothing then of Need course the company's them. you know not going to go anywhere so they've got to move they've got to stay mobile and active and try and figure out what is what are people going to use next and how are they, they going to spend <laughs> in in doing that why aren't Facebook like aggressively buying out fertility clinics? I mean, you know, they should be all about <laughs> this. They are, need to man. grow the world population just to increase their user base. I mean, that's how you scale, right? I think, I think, Sam, I wonder whether or not the looking back on it in 20 years time, uh, if we're going to actually look back on Facebook's rebrand to Meta and actually think that was actually when Metaverse, the idea of Metaverse is peaked. I wonder if actually... The, everyone's obsession with metaverse at the moment is this kind of flavor of the month thing that's created a really big speculative fervor around it. But as you say, metaverses have been around for a long time mm -hmm. and some of them have been quite successful, but they've never really integrated that much into everything unless you're like, for example, in Venezuela. Like, you know, our Nintendo, right? They had the whole Wii Me thing, right? So when the Wii console was out, they had this, the, the Me thing, which would be your avatar. Mm -hmm. And you'd customize your avatar, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it would look like you. And it'd be just, you know, this thing that would accompany you when you did all these different games. Your, your avatar would exist there. And you could do this across different Nintendo platforms. And I'm sure you could do something on Facebook or whatever. And Microsoft did the same thing with the Xbox. They had your little avatar that went cross it could be in games and it could also be, uh, you could, they, you know, PlayStation did a similar thing where you create your avatar and you yeah. can actually, you know, go into effect, you know, physical 3D, not physical, but 3D chat rooms and just meet other people in the PlayStation network. And Microsoft had a similar thing with the Xbox. And, you know, that was it. I mean, no, that, that was just, that was, that, that's been around for a decade at least. And like, no, it never really took off that much. I, I mean, everyone's getting, people who were never into video games are now getting really excited about the metaverse. 
and I wonder whether or not actually they'll they'll realize just like all the other people who played Xbox 360 or uh, PlayStation 3 or whatever mm. that uh, okay well it's just a big chat room and uh, okay yeah, maybe maybe people can be inappropriate to me in it yeah but uh, yeah it's I wonder like- if it'll they'll take off it's it's msn messenger or fucking aol online or icq like for those of us that were around when those things launched in the 90s um like i remember icq and i think i've spoken about it on on this podcast before um it's just filthy man it's, it's fucking some, it's fucked up people on on there and um you, you there are all kinds of weirdos and shit as well as just you know but that's it was huge it fucking exploded it was massive it was right. just a chat room um, or, or chat chat functionality that ended up getting, you know, the, the very foundations of how chat function works today. Uh, but so, yeah, you know, you're right. It's just another, it is, it's another chat room or it's another way, it, like I sort of said before, it just comes back to it's another form of human connection. It's just a different conduit that, that we're using. Mm. And I, my, my take on it is, is that the, I think that the progress of it is that people will, and this is what I say about sort of the hardware catching up to the content is we're capable of producing really right, you know, really good fucking cool content. You can go and dive in the ocean into, you know, the depths of, of, of the deepest parts of the ocean and discover creatures that you'd never be able to dive to on your own. And you do it in virtual reality. And of course it's not the same thing, but you can learn, you can explore worlds and, you know, real worlds or fictional worlds um, in a way that, you know, we, we never used to. And I think that that's, I think there's a, there's a growth story in that, that what we're seeing now is hyped and there is a bunch of shit. Like no one really, I mean, let, let's be honest, the, the longevity of pixelated blockhead fucking avatars has got a finite amount. But if people can so. learn and explore the world um, in a, in a, and, and interact in, in places that maybe they'd never be able to travel to, then I think we're talking about, that's why I sort of put a longer time frame on it is because the hardware hasn't been, hasn't caught up to that because it's not cheap. It's not easy to use and it's not abundant. And I think that that's the kind of time frame that it takes for the hardware to become cheap, accessible and abundant to catch up to the content. Mm. I wonder whether or not our fixation with metaverse uh, material ideas, etc., is, I wonder how much of that is a function of lockdowns and just from people being inside all the time. And I, I hope, like, I think the desire for people to escape their own circumstances, uh, it's totally understandable, but it's actually very sad. And I think it's more reflection on the economic state of the world as it is, that there is such a desire to escape one's own circumstances. So you don't want to be in your living room. You actually want to be in the depths of the Marianas Trench, or you want to be on Mars or... You know, you must not, if you're, if you, okay, sure, you can do it once. Oh, this is really fun. But if this is something that you really want to spend an awful lot of your time doing, hmm. there must be some large void in your life that is, uh, is very hard for you to fill. And you want, you want to escape it by exploring these new virtual worlds, which are better somehow than your own circumstance. I wonder if that's just a product of lockdown and people being quite unhappy because it's a totally unnatural state to be in. And I hope that much of this desire for that will actually pass once we get to some semblance of human freedom in the world. Because I don't think the desire 
to spend vast amounts of time. There's nothing wrong with doing this for a bit of fun, right? But the desire to spend vast amount of time escaping your own reality via a screen is, I don't think it's a healthy thing. And I don't, I think it'd be very upsetting if this actually just becomes the new normal and people don't go outside anymore. And, you know, the pubs that shut, they just stay shut. And, you know, people don't go out of the restaurant anymore. You know, so I'm in a, I'm in a town at the moment, right? And in, in the in the midst of Derbyshire, and it's a very quaint town, and uh, you know, very uh, very old school. Got a nice nice few old pubs, etc. But there is a very distinctive absence here. Uh, you can just tell that it's way quieter. There's way way too many buildings relative to the amount of people. And I wonder, are are the people here? Have they just moved away? Have they died? Unlikely. Right, uh, or are they just too afraid to come out? Maybe they're just too addicted to Facebook. Maybe is that why? Is that why they're not coming out? I don't know, but it may. I really hope it doesn't stay this way because if it does, it's a pretty unhappy reality. I I, I do think that there will be a very large swathe of people that are are afraid now to travel and to yeah. go to places. And I do think that, that that is a byproduct of the last couple of years. And I think that is sad, but I think that that is going to be some people's reality. And I don't think, I don't think they're the kind of people that would necessarily put it this way. You know, people now spend a lot of time on their phones at home, just scrolling through fucking feeds and shit. And it's not healthy and it's not great. And it's, but it's not a complete dystopia either. My, my view on it isn't quite as dystopian as yours is that I think, so like, I like to travel, right? I, I, I would love to travel. I would use it and I would go to fucking, I don't know, Machu Picchu or whatever um, in, in, in a virtual reality world. But then I'd want to go there in reality as well, right? It was almost like a, almost like a teaser or a taster of, of what, it, what it could be like and Pretty then experience cool. it. But also I'll never go to Mars. So... Why wouldn't I go and have a explore Mars? And if I'm up there, why wouldn't you come up there and fuck it? We could have a beer and have a bit of a stroll and a walk around Mars, right? So that's no different to you and me zooming here and having a chat. No, no, no. it's people doing it for really long periods of time after they get home from work or hell, these days while they're at school. It's when it becomes, this is a really dominant part of your life. Look, if you've got kids and a wife and you're spending four hours of your evening doing it, you got bigger fucking problems than VR. Um, if you're single That's what I mean. and you're sat at home, yeah, but people but those people already exist. This is just the this is just a different way of them being shit people still. Mm. Oh, I think it comes I think it, well, you could say something similar for people who struggle with uh, you know, where you, you struggle with various substance uh, abuse, you know, issues where they've clearly got an issue. I think this lo the lockdown thing has effectively just created a lot of trauma, which people now are trying yeah. to escape via digital stuff because they're too afraid to even go outside anymore. But that's just me. Yeah, I, look, I, think, that, I think that there will be a large portion of people that are like that. I saw something interesting that, that reminded me interesting about it, it's, it almost replaces one kind of substance abuse with another kind of substance abuse. I saw somebody earlier posted on Twitter, they go, NFTs solved my gambling problem, <laughs> which actually probably is not a bad segue into that because I would love to talk about NFTs for a bit because I know you were talking about them earlier today. That's um, true, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, go on. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, well okay. I was going to ask you, what's your, what's your view on the state of play in the NFT market? Is it metaversy in terms of, is this just one rampant, weird bubble that, you know, people who have got far too much time to grind on Discord and get onto whitelists and mints, um, the unemployed of the world are finding the NFT boom as a, a way to try and speculate their way out of a bit of hopelessness, really? Or is it, or is it something bigger? Uh, well, given the gas fees on Ethereum, <laughs> I don't, certainly don't think it's it's a uh, you know I don't think it's the this has been driven by uh, you know the man on the street who's uh, who's low on cash by any measure. Um, I think the it's a very interesting phenomenon. Uh, you know NFTs the the functionality I I think is definitely there. You the, now interestingly we're encountering projects where they try to make their NFT is very functional, and in doing so, inadvertently have turned them into securities under certain financial regulators' laws, which then gets them into lots of trouble. So the original, so Larva Labs with CryptoPunks, you know, yeah. made it very, very specifically. This does absolutely nothing. Yeah. So, like, and to use another Oscar Wilde quote, this podcast uh, art, uh, what was it? All art is quite useless. <laughs> right, so specifically, this is not meant to do anything. This is just an NFT. Uh, I think the NFT market in general is uh, kind of akin to the ICO market in 2017 in that yeah. a lot of people are just seeing this as a cash grab. They spend a bit of money on marketing. They get, a, uh, they get some dude on Fiverr to make him some, some art. Uh, and then they just shill it. And they've got, you know, they buy lots of bots. They have a Discord that's mostly bots. And, you know, they, they, where people just say it's going to go to the moon. Uh, you know, sweep the floor, sweep, 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 whenever the price goes down, etc., which is very depressing. And that, that is, you know, this is degenerate gambling stuff. But yeah. at the same time, just like the Wild West, you know, there are there are some very interesting projects out there. I have been involved uh, in, in the crypto world in the launch of a of a large NFT collection. And that uh, I'm, I'm very happy with my contribution to it. I'm very, uh, I'm very pleased with how it all went. Uh, I think 75% of that, uh, of the proceeds, the revenues there went to charity and the rest went to the artists. So it wasn't a, a cash grab on our part, on our half by any, by any measure. Um, but yeah, NFT, they're just, a, they're a fascinating phenomenon. If, uh, you know, in terms of the market itself, as it is today, it's, um, yeah, it's a wild one. The thing is, I find quite interesting, similar to the ICOs, there are so many of these things that get launched. Yeah. You just wonder like, how there's so many thousands of tokens just rise and fall and then they evaporate. The volume it's is like, insane. Yeah, I'm wondering, you know, link decay, right? Where um, where the link to the image. So for example, with CryptoPunks, they were very clever and they actually put the description of the CryptoPunk is actually part of the hash. So you don't actually, no, no image needs to be referenced for your CryptoPunk to appear that way. Whereas with many NFT projects, uh, the, the image that you have of your NFT is actually linked to something probably on Google Drive. Yeah. And the link to that might change. So in a few years' time, it may end up that your NFT doesn't actually has a broken link. So it doesn't actually have an image anymore. <laughs> I wonder what that's going to look like in a, in a couple of years' time when that yeah. does happen. Yeah. Uh, in, and I imagine it will happen in, in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, and you, you then get the thing with, all oh, right, well, fees are too high in Ethereum, um, so I'm going to do mine on Binance Smart Chain. Uh, you know, the NFT project uh, I was involved with, that was on, that was on Solana, which has very good fees. I'm, per, I'm, I'm very 
Uh, I'm very positive about the, the future outlook of Solana in general, though it will suffer from some of the similar problems that Ethereum has faced as it matured. Um, but when you get when you get people like launching entities on kind of shitty chains, like Binance Smart Chain, um, hey, you know, going back, Sam, what was it? First, first NFT was on Dash. Dash. What, what happened to Dash, man? Dash is still around. Don't, don't Dash release some like marketing like every six months that says that the adoption in Venezuela of Dash is like four hundred percent higher or something? Yeah, uh, is it beaten out Web Gold yet? <laughs> I, don't I don't know. There's a there's a few that there's a few that still exist that kicking around that um that come that they every now and then they they flutter back. No, Dash has still got a very strong community like the yeah, XR, yeah they'd be, like they'd the XRP army. You know, um, I, I would say, I would say that maybe it's like better than the XRP army. Have XRP but, ever done any NFTs? Uh good question. That is a good question. Why? Did. Yeah, surely the Ripple Foundation have. Uh, have launched a load. I mean, you know, when you think about it, Sam, none of the excesses we've seen in the NFT space occurred during the period of the XRP standard. You remember? No, no. When the XRP was the standard, none of this, none of this, none of these shenanigans took place. The world was a, was a safer place back then. You know, there was actually no talk about the metaverse during the XRP standard because people had such fulfilling, rewarding lives that there was never any desire to even look at a phone, you know? I remember when I bought my first crypto kitty in, it was four, four years ago now, I think. Um, so what's that? 20, like 20, 2017, mid-late mid, mid late 2017. So three and a bit years, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was, and I, I, I bought it because I believed that one day crypto kitties could become part of the XRP stand. But ultimately, they, the, the like crypto kitty, I think I paid. I genuinely paid. I, I think I could even pull, I pull it up. I, I think I remember it off the top of my head. I think it was like 0 0.3, 0 0.03 ETH for my first crypto kitty. Which, what's that today? Um, oh, it's a fair bag. Like, it's a hundred, fair bag. Couple hundred, couple hundred bucks? No. Yeah. thing is, the uh, gas fees, man, you have to consider the gas fees. So 2017 gas fees weren't a thing. That wasn't a No, they weren't. But now 0.3 ETH is now actually, you need to reduce it by the gas fees it'll cost to move it. Because know. that ETH is, is useless by itself. You're going to have to, you're going to have to move it at some point. So I, I interacted with some smart contracts um, recently. <laughs> the, fucking, the, the, the transfer, just to transfer ETH from, from one address to another was like, um, I think it worked out to be like 14, 14 bucks worth of, of ETH, which it, which it, it, now you kind of go $14 of ETH. Oh, that's not too bad. For a couple of years ago, that was, that's like a, that would have been like a 50% fucking fee, fee transaction. But the, so transferring them is relatively not too bad at the moment, relatively. Um, but then when you interact with the smart contract, oh, oh, that's when it hits you. Moving ETH isn't too bad transacting and interacting with smart contracts that's what fucking kills you it was like a hundred hundred dollars worth of eighth just to interact with the smart contract and it's like <sighs> i don't really have a choice here yeah yeah you know <laughs> you remember the open dow airdrop that took place yeah. on, on the festive yeah. season so so you know if you'd ever done anything on OpenSea you'd be able to claim this airdrop but it's on ethereum and i looked at it and the amount of gas 
I would, the airdrops value to me was the same as the gas. It was 20 bucks. And I was like, there's no point in claiming this airdrop unless, unless you're really bullish on, on the open DAO organization, which yeah. nobody had heard of until that point. That was, I had a similar experience the other day. There was a, I think that was, it was something either I was going, yeah, it was something I was going to claim. It might've been an airdrop. I think I was going to claim or a staking reward or something I was going to claim. And it's just like, actually to claim it would completely erode the entire thing. It's just like, so what, there's just no point. You just might as well just leave it there. And, um, and it, it, it got me, it got me th then somehow I ended up um, coming back to the, to, to looking at a whole bunch of wallets I used to have. And um, there's, I've got, this is, this is one of the problems with, with crypto, right? Is when you start transacting with things like Ethereum and moving them from, one wallet to another or whatever. Ultimately, you don't end up actually moving the entire balance. Uh, that you end up moving most of it, but there's there's dust that settles on uh, on your different wallets. And now, when you look back and you look at all the different wallets with different amounts of ETH dust on them, you can't move them anywhere because no. it costs you can't afford it you can't you have to buy eth to send it and it just becomes impractical but man l listen listen this is a bullish case for ethereum think of all of the ethereum that is being burnt across the network by people who cannot afford to move it i tell you what if there is a service that can figure out how to dust sweep old wallets for free I'm not sure how they, it would be economically viable, but fuck, it would be huge <laughs> because, and same with Bitcoin. Bitcoin's the same problem. You get all these wallets with like these tiny fractions of Bitcoin that when you go through them, it still adds, you know, it adds up to, you know, maybe a couple of thousand worth of Bitcoin or something. And it's just sat on these wallets that you can't fucking move it from. It's, you know, it's I, I've never actually had the it's problem. It's so with inefficient, the... so inefficient. I've never had a problem with with Bitcoin dust, actually. Um, uh, yeah, I've always managed to be able to sweep it. No, because I'm generally pretty. I always like round numbers. I hate having like spare satoshis. You've got you know you've got twenty thousand and it's like you know two five six seven seven or whatever. And it's like I don't like that. I like having nice you know lots of zeros. So I so generally uh, I manage to keep things pretty um, ship shape with uh, Bitcoin dust. But Sam, moving back to NFT slightly. Because um, it would be, I would like to know your thoughts on the NFT market in general. Uh, a word on the grapevine is regarding a quite sizable uh, NFT you have purchased, yeah. uh, which you yourself say could be a rug pull. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. you don't even know what it's going to look like yet. No. Could you elaborate on this for us, please? Yeah. So I was like, I was kind of, I was kind of fucking around and, um, like I've, I've owned NFTs. Like I said, I've owned NFTs since CryptoKitties and I've got some CryptoKitties and I had some um, Decentraland land and build some shit there. And uh, I've got a, I've got a, a sandbox um, mime character, which I bought a couple of years ago when the sandbox was sort of just first launching and shit. Yeah. Um, so I got, I got, you know, I got ones on Tezos. I've got some on Solana. I've got some on Ethereum. Um, Anyway, most of them have just been fucking around, right? And just kind of like spending tiny amounts, getting some things that I like the look of and whatnot. And anyway, so I decided this week because I don't know why. I was just like, I'm going to see 
everyone's like, oh, I can flip NFTs. You know, I'm making so much money flipping NFTs. And I reckon, I still reckon that 99% of those stories are utter fucking bullshit. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this shit out. I'm going to, I'm going to see how hard or how easy it is to actually flip some NFTs and work my way up the NFT ladder. And so I was like, fuck it. What's the most hyped NFT drop today, which was the 2nd of Feb. And there's literally, like we said before, there's so many, like there's like a hundred NFT drops a day. Yeah. Um, and so I bought a, I bought a hype bear. Now I I'm lazy, right? So there's no way I was going to go into a discord channel and grind my way off talking to the community or doing fan art or retweeting to fucking my users and following on Instagram and Telegram and inviting 40 people. It's like, fuck that. So this is why also I miss probably 99% of NFT drops because I will not grind in a Discord channel to get on a phone. I refuse. Refuse to do it. Um, Not like the good old days where it's just a good old gas war. I miss the gas wars now. Fuck that. Grinding in Discord. Suck my dick. Um, Anyway. (laughs) <laughs> I get I get really fired up about it. So anyway, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to buy one on the secondary market. And I went and I bought a hype bear on the secondary market. The, the, they haven't been released yet. So no one knows what they look like. The developers, the artists and stuff, uh, anons, no one knows who the fuck they are. Apparently they're going to be doxxed uh, in the next week, which means the identities will be revealed and all will be good within the community. And then some other people will come online and look, this is like a quarter of a million people in their discord channel or people and bots in their discord channel and people and bots on Twitter. There are people that are going to just be fucking fighting the shit out of it because they just want to build their user base and get people looking at their accounts. There are people that are going to be hyping the shit out of it because they've minted or they've bought on the secondary market. There's like fucking Abby Clancy owns a hype bear. And that's from, that's like from a legit um, uh, verified accounts. So it's like, and there's the NBA basketball players. I'm like, fuck this. I'm going to buy one on the secondary market. I'm going to see what it looks like. I'm going to see if I can flip this shit once the reveals all come out. And hopefully, you know, I can, even if it's just like 50% higher and work my way up the NFT ladder. So I went and bought one for like one point, it was like 1.4 ETH. Um, and I'm going, to, I'm going to see what I can do. It's only a couple of days in. Um, the I think that, I think the actual, images get revealed in like a week or something um yeah it so could you be don't know what it looks like it could be like there's already like people are already like releasing images and they're like oh the the devs have already shifted like a couple of hundred eth to fucking crypto.com and some to binance so they're probably cashing it out it's a massive rug pull it's like yeah could be <laughs> you know they, they minted a ten thousand at 0.4 eth per mint so that you know we're talking four we're talking ten and a half a 10 and a half million worth of mint um, that they raised sold out. Let's see. See how we go. But fuck it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy into the hype. I'm going to buy into the raw gambling speculation and uh, let's see what this shit's really all about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, by all means, you know, try it out. It's the spirit of exploration, isn't it? I mean, you got to go for it. Take a look. Uh, you know, when you started this story by saying, uh, you know, I was just fucking around. <laughs> and I think, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not taking the piss. I think this is genuinely a pretty good attitude to have when you are looking around the NFT space, right? You may need to make sure that you are not being very serious, that you are not risking any serious amount of money. 
uh, and that you are simply in the playful, adventurous spirit of fucking around. Now, Sam, as we were discussing there, I thought I'd just go and check my uh, my OpenSea account. And, uh, you know, I mentioned that wizard. Yeah, 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 yeah. It sold. Oh, no shit. <laughs> it sold earlier today. I just got the email. This is absolutely ridiculous. That's oh, mental. my God. Hold on. Hey, Let me c- see. Congratulations, though, man. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So uh, you yeah. have proven the point that you can flip NFTs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is something I bought for roughly, I don't know. I can't remember the, I remember the exact amount, but this was 250 to $350 total. A lot of that was gas as well at the time. Uh, and we're sitting on uh, well over $10,000 now. Uh, yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. This actually, Sam, this was while we were having the HMRC, the tax money has been allocated. <laughs> how, the, how utterly obscene. Uh, yeah. Well, there you go, folks. I mean, uh, NFTs. Um, wow. But yeah. I uh, Should I sit on the ETH? This is Ethereum. Now we come back to what the gas wow. fees are going to be if I try and sell so, this. So now this is this is where shit gets interesting, right? You've successfully flipped an NFT. What do you now do? the big the big hard decision is made. Do Buy you, more do, NFTs. Do you YOLO that shit? Do you go into something like the fucking board ape mutant club or whatever it is? Do you YOLO yeah. and just bang try and flip another one? That's a good question. It's a good question. I think uh, there's a, there's a certain watch I would quite like to acquire, and I was thinking that you know if anyone did buy this particular NFT for a large price, maybe I'd put this towards the fund for buying it. But we'll see. We'll see. I uh, I must say it's um, I, I think it's quite quite prescient that this occurred. The sale of this NFT occurred while I had no idea what was going on uh, while we were recording this. I think that's, uh, that's this brilliant. is a sign. That's this is a sign. Is that the top of the market? But that that also just goes to show, you know, it's like you kind of got to take a bit of a I don't really care what happens approach. Going to list it for this, see what happens. Holy shit, it just sold. Fucking yippee okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'd be interested in your in your thoughts on this, Sam. So we're talking about like the decoupling of Bitcoin from uh, tech stocks and the tech yeah. story generally. Um do you, what do you think of the NFT market and the crypto market? So do you think there could be a decoupling of the NFT market from it and it will start trading at different, uh, in a different way and it'll start trading more like contemporary art, which are all, you know, already sees obscene valuations. So, you know, you see Bored Ape, Bored Ape Yacht Club uh, apes going for ridiculous sums of money. Like just wait until you see the kind of physical shit that gets flogged at, you know, uh, you know your, your average Sotheby's <laughs> modern art exhibition. And you're mm. well, actually, maybe it's not that ridiculous that I've got this stupid image of an ape. Maybe that's slightly better than a banana sellotape to a wall, you know? Do you know what but, I find uh, interesting about all this is that the, 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 what NFTs are actually doing is decoupling from the fiat standard. They're decoupling away from that because... Because people are realistically, they're, they're buying and trading based on the, the amount of ETH or soul that they've spent, not necessarily on the dollar value of it. So if the market, if, if like if ETH, if the price of ETH doubles to 5,000 odd dollars, people aren't going to, like if you've bought an NFT for one ETH and you, you bought it for the equivalent of two and a half grand and it's still, it's now ETH's worth five grand, 
you're still probably not going to sell it for one eighth. No. You're going to want your you're going to want to have earned ETH as your ETH on it, profit yeah. center. So your your denominator has shifted away from USD or pounds or whatever to crypto. And ultimately that's that's really the, the sort of the, the point is to decouple from the fiat money standard. And so I think it's actually good in that sense is that it's making people start to realize that things can be priced in something that isn't fiat money and that we can actually operate in an economy and a financial system based on that. So I think there's actually probably a subliminally at the moment that kind of mindset is starting to creep in a bit as well. But do you think that, uh, and so at the moment, I would see the NFT market as broadly crypto market with a bit of beta on top of that and big liquidity problems because uh, as a result of each item being unique from the others. But do you think that it may be that the crypto market gets absolutely wrecked, uh, but in a high blue chip NFTs, as they're now shilled as, uh, manage to maintain some kind of value? Yeah, I think so, actually. I was thinking about this the other day, weirdly, is that I was trying to get my head around how should we view something like the NFT market? And it's like, if you if you, if you did put, let's again, just use one eighth as an example. If you put one eighth into, you know, one of these maybe more blue chip pro- projects or something, or maybe 10 eighth or whatever the fuck the number is. And um, you are kind of, you are kind of locking it away. Because this, like, they're not easy to sell. And there's no guarantee no. that you would have liquidity at any point, to be fair. But you are still kind of, it's almost like sticking it into a nice looking savings account <laughs> in terms of it's going to preserve. Like, you know, it's not, you know, your ETH, as long as it's securely held, you know, it's going to be, you know, you've put an ETH in there. That's what you paid. What you sell it for down the track is, is another story. But ultimately, you know, you're not, you, you can't really touch it. You can't trade it. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to go, oh, that looks like a cool shit coin. I'm just going to flip my ETH into that onto Binance Smart Chain and then trade for that. It's kind of like it's locked away. It's almost like forced savings, weirdly. So that if you, if there is no liquidity and you're forced to take like a 10 year view, all right. Yeah. Look, a lot of them in 10 years' time will probably be worth less than one ETH. But, with the blue chip ones, you're right. We, you might be just talking about actually a reasonably smart long-term play on what is effectively a, an art purchase, but you're locking, you're locking your cash away in that sense, but your cash is crypto, mm. rather, which has its own growth potential rather than locking it away in you know, a piece of art, which again, you could speculatively increase in price. But if it, let's put, let, me, let me make a good comparison. This might be easier. If you bought a Warhol, and you bought it for $100,000. And in 10 years time, maybe it's one of his shitter ones and it's still worth $100,000. Your purchasing power of that 100,000 is eroded in the fiat money system because of inflation. Yeah. If you bought the equivalent piece of art for 100,000 in Ethereum, in 10 years time, it's still going to be worth 100,000. Well, it's, it's going to be worth, so what, what's that? It's fucking, um, what, five 500 ETH what's no 50 ETH is 50 ETH like 100 grand if yeah. you spent 50 ETH on on some on a blue chip thing now in 10 years time if it's still 50 ETH but over that period of time the Ethereum market has grown it's you know and the value of it is more then you've kind of locked that away to experience that that growth in the underlying 
token of ETH itself with the bonuses so you that you've you, got the artwork? That's interesting. So if there is still demand, yeah. So if we imagine constant demand for that NFT project or because generally these yeah. projects don't aren't one and done. They generally want to keep doing something because they, they're all about the community and all that because that's required to keep trading and interest going. Yeah. Because you know the crypto market and the NFT market has such a short-term attention span. But if it, yeah, if you imagine that the this crypto project lasts for a few years, but hasn't managed to, it's hard for me to imagine actually an NFT project that's managed to survive for several years, and is still they happen to, you know, the the founders are still doing their thing, mm. the employees are still doing their thing, but the value hasn't gone up, and it's somehow managed to stay stable. If the value the value hasn't gone up, but crypto value has gone up. Is somebody happy to list it for 50 ETH if they bought it for 50 ETH, but the value of 50 ETH has gone up by so much? I mean, I wouldn't have thought so, but you know, maybe I'm wrong. But like, if 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 in you know you if even if your denominator is the ETH itself, you're no worse off. Like, yeah, you yeah. still get 50 ETH back, and and likewise, you'd still get a hundred grand back if it was in the fiat money system. But if all you got was your 50 ETH back. And you did need to spend it, then you know maybe the purchasing power of your ETH is actually more as opposed to less. Yeah, I, in, I in, still in, feel in, that it's you know, it's like a high pressure play on, on. on ETH. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still feel like it's uh, it, you. It's still got that coupled mechanism though. So it's almost like yeah. having an NFT is like a high beta call on the Ethereum ecosystem. Do you feel oh. that? Yeah, I think there's probably an element to that. But again, if you know, if in 20 years' time things are priced in ETH, we we we're not we're still not necessarily coupled to to pricing things in in fair money. But but I don't. Know. I mean, it's hard. It's hard. It's a, it's a it's a bit of a mind fuck to be fair. To think well, it's entire, a it's a very entire financial system, entire supply chains priced in cryptocurrencies as opposed to fiat money. But that that could be where we end up. Um, it's a very unique, it's a weird envi market environment. People yeah. will compare NFTs to uh, Beanie Babies and and whatever. But when you have when the item itself is part of a decentralized system which facilitates its own markets, exactly, it's hard to yeah. you know. It, it's a bit more complex like the, than Beanie Babies. <laughs> yeah, it is, and like, the, but the art is part is made of the same system that. Uh, that facilitates its own trading, which is quite, quite, quite different. Though that said, OpenSea, for example, they're very happy. They're very centralized. OpenSea yeah. will happily ban projects that it sees as being politically incorrect. But there are, of course, other websites which are which are happy to facilitate those. Yeah, I, I mean, mean well, that's the thing, right? Decentralized NFT trading markets will will pop up. I mean, like like the the volume. Granted, most of it's wash trading, but looks rare. For example, you know, it's that that's a that's a that's more volume less users um but more volume but that's because it's all wash trading um yeah, yeah. and, and the, the looks rare projects are complex based in its own right but you know that's an example of something that's not as centralized right i mean uh, you would you know decentralized exchanges dexes uh, have been around for quite a while and they're they're very big now um and that's you know in terms of the what i do in my my day job is uh, is working with a decentralized exchange. Uh, but I do, I've yet to see a really thriving decentralized NFT exchange, which is mm -hmm. kind of surprising, though maybe I've just not looked into it enough. 
Um, I just don't think they're there yet. I think they'll, they're coming, but I don't think there's any... I think looks rare is probably the closest so far to something that might look like that. Um, but I don't think it's 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 the the whole beans either. So we'll see. Yeah. Sam, it has we... to come though, right? It's, it's, it's... Inevitable, yeah. It's inevitable because no one wants to... Like OpenSea's got fucking uh, its own issues around exploits Plenty, and contracts yeah. and fucking costs and shit like that. So, and look, and going getting, down often. Yeah, there's VC money there and there, you know, they probably go public and then, you know, it's the same old shit fucking recycled with cryptos, you know, the, the, the wealthy and the VCs and, you know, the people with private access and the mates, mates of mates and stuff get access and the average person gets fucked over. And so, I think they'll end up being a better decentralized way to trade and list NFTs across all chains. Yeah, uh, well, we certainly hope so. And I, th- I definitely think oh, there are a lot of the, the true beliefs in decentralization who are going to build that one way or another. Uh, though, Sam, I do note that uh, you know we haven't rated our beers yet. No, and no. that should be done. Though you have had these beers before, so maybe you'll have a new impression second time around, huh? Um, it <laughs> will be interesting. Um, uh, the Amunza, look, uh, to be fair, I think I both just give them an A+. <laughs> oh, oh, really? Which, I, there you go. I did. I gave the Utopian an A+, last time. <laughs> um, and the Amunza, um, uh, Amunza, I don't know. No. So what was it? No. The Apop- Apocalyptic tr- Thunder Juice, uh, A+, as well. All right. Uh, I think on my side, comparing the old Rasputin and Ra Ra Rasputin, uh, I think I would give Old Rasputin is the the lesser of the two. Uh, the other, he, he's not got the glitz and the glamour. Uh, I would say Old Rasputin, it kind of tastes its strength and it's only 4.9%. So it tastes maybe a bit heavier than it actually is. I think I'll probably just give that one an A. And Ra Ra Rasputin, I think I would give a B minus uh, because it mm. does not taste 8.3% and it goes down very well, but it's not the best taste ever. So, uh, yeah, and a great label. Great it's label. So, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Now, we should probably, we should probably wrap this up yes. for this show. Uh, but, Sam, any closing remarks before we carry on next week? Um, oh, look, I do, I do encourage people to, if, if you've not really bought an NFT, you've not really thought about it, go and do it. Again, Anything that you do buy, expect it to be worthless and just fuck around and have a bit of fun and, and test it out. Get something that just you like. So then in the event that it is worthless, you at least like to look at it. Um, but it's 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 a good, it's fun, man. You know, it's a new, cool, kind of exciting, fun playground to muck about with. That's exactly how I got started with Bitcoin and altcoins. It was just a bit of a fuck about, seeing what it was all about, testing, trying, experimenting. And it's the same approach I'm taking to this. So if anyone else is interested in doing it, that's the same approach I'd take. Yeah, very good. W- words to live by. Fuck about and find out. <laughs> anyway, we'll, uh, we'll close this episode with that with that bombshell from Samsler. Uh, and we shall continue, of course, next week, the next episode of Booze, Booms and Bus. Until then, hope you're having a very good week and shall have a very good weekend. That's all from us for the moment. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. <laughs>